This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck Podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. This is like catching a big brown trout on the White River. I've always wanted this. Give me the hogs, Chuck. KJ bad snap, balls on the ground. Jefferson picks it up, rolling right. Got a man, touchdown, Arkansas. Armstrong in the back of the end zone. See, I'm a reaction player, so I just seen everybody flowing to the left, so I just flew to the right. And I just, it was just happening for me to become wide open. I threw my hands up so he could see me, and he just threw a, threw a good pass, and I caught it in the back of the end zone. Well, there weren't as many highlights this time as there was in the first game, but the Razorbacks still won 28-6. They're 2-0, and that's where we begin on this new week of the Gimme the Hawkstruck podcast presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Now, I know as we begin the new week, there is consternation among some over the Razorbacks' ground game, or lack thereof. This was Sam Pittman postgame. We had runs certainly in for KJ, but most of them were strictly for short yardage type situations. We were ready for that, just obviously we didn't want to have to go to that, if that makes sense. We were missing blocks, you know. Any type of movement bothered us. There, there were some times when we didn't have an RPO on the back end and safety came in and hit us. We weren't especially throwing RPOs and the bubbles well early. So we took them off of the back end. The last drive was what we were anticipating would happen the entire day. Where we're covering them up, moving them, six, eight, four, five, whatever it is at a time. It's frustrating right now for the kids, for the coaches, that we're not running the ball consistently. Um, and we'll continue to work on it. You know, there are really several ways you can look at this. And I wasn't quite certain what to make of it after the ball game. I'm still not quite certain what to make of it. It may be a week or two before I really draw my final conclusion. You know, Arkansas did rush for 172 yards in the ball game Saturday. To draw a comparison, Texas rushed for 105 in their win over Alabama. So Arkansas put some decent numbers up there. But it just didn't lead to the big blowout that I think a lot of people thought they might see on Saturday. Now, if you listen to what Coach Pittman said just a few moments ago, he said, we had runs in for KJ, but most of them were short yardage. In the second half, and Quinn Grovey made this point right at the beginning of the third quarter on our Razorback broadcast, He said, KJ's probably going to carry the ball at least 10 times in the second half because that's probably what they're going to have to do to run it. And that's exactly how it transpired. You know, their most effective rushing play for at least a good portion of the second half was that quarterback sweep with Dominique Johnson as the lead blocker. 
And it was after that that A.J. Green got in the groove and Rashad Dabinian picked up some yardage as well. I'm not saying that was the reason, but I can't help but think it had something to do with it. It's going to be harder to get the ball to the edge off those zone plays without Rocket. I think they knew that going in. And if you also heard what Coach Pittman just said, you know, they had some bubble screens set up on the edges, and those are the type plays that, for example, led to Jaden Wilson's score early in the ballgame against Western Carolina. They didn't execute those as well this week. And as you heard him say, they kind of pulled away from that as they got through the day. Now, I know, as I said a minute ago, there are lots of different ways to read this. I think sometimes we get caught up in numbers when it comes to the running game. We have been raised, at least I have, and I suspect many of you have as well, we've been raised on that 200-yard figure. You know, that you're a physical running team when you hit that 200-yard figure as a team in a game. You don't do it every time, obviously, even if you're a physical team. But I think that for some people, that is the barometer for what a good night running the football would be. You know, I was looking back at Arkansas's rushing totals when Petrino was here. We had a caller on the morning rush that kind of sparked this today. You know, in 2011, Arkansas was pretty good. They rushed on average for 137 yards per game. And they averaged 3.8 yards per rush. Their leading rusher that year was Dennis Johnson with 670 yards. Scored a bunch of points, won a bunch of games. A lot of people obviously view that as one of the great years in at least the recent history of Arkansas football. This Razorback team, through two ball games, has averaged 138 yards rushing. They've scored four rushing touchdowns. They averaged 3.4 yards per carry. You know, football is much more situational than it used to be. The idea that you have to rush for 175 or 200 yards to be a physical offensive line, I just think those days are gone. And I'll go back to Texas and their win over Alabama. They didn't rush for very much, but they threw for 350, and they beat Alabama by 10 in Tuscaloosa. You know, Good physical football teams, and Petrino's teams were this way. They were always good in short yardage. They could always run the ball in short yardage. They could pick up a first down on the ground as well as they could in the air. I think this team may be similar in the respect that you may not see a team that goes out and rushes for 220, 225, 250. may happen some, but I don't think that's going to be the average. But I think they're going to be able to score points through the air. And I think there will be times even when they use the pass to set up the run. I think this team's going to be okay up front. I think if you really look at it, you've started a couple of tackles for the first time. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. You didn't have Rocket. And let me tell you, for a running game to work, the back's got to make the read just like the offensive lineman's got to make the block. And I don't know that Arkansas was as good in that area Saturday as they are with Rocket on the field. Now, clearly, they're going to have to be better against Brigham Young than they were against Kent State. And as good as they could be against Brigham Young, they'll probably have to be a little bit better when they play LSU. But I think this idea that Rocket has to rush for 150 for Arkansas to be good that day, I don't believe that. I don't think Rocket's going to rush for 1,400 yards this year, but I think he can be just as effective. Arkansas is going to be able to throw the football better than they did a year ago. And they're going to utilize that. 
and they should. Um, based on what I've seen so far from, and I'll just pull Alabama out of the hat again, the story for me in Alabama's loss to Texas was how they didn't play defense, how Texas threw the ball all over the field. You know, that's what I'd be taking away from that game if I was a Razorback fan. Hey, we can throw on these guys. Forget the run. We can throw on them. We can score. Texas, again, rushed for 105 yards, averaged 2.8 per carry, scored 34 points, beat Bama by 10. I'll take that. I'll take that seven days a week. I doubt anybody in Austin is lamenting the fact today that they didn't dominate Alabama on the ground because they just whipped them in every other phase. If you want my honest take on what happened Saturday, listen to KJ. It all come down to focus. I mean, that's the main thing. I mean, no excuses. Uh, we just got to lock into the details and execute the game plan and come out with an uh, a edge and play with passion from the start. I mean, we kind of did that second half with an edge play with a chip on our shoulder and the edge to want to go and pull this thing out and, you know what I'm saying, get the victory. But I feel like we got to come out with, a, you know what I'm saying, with an edge, a chip on our shoulder early on in the game to go and set that, that tempo and set the standard. It's very difficult to play at a high level two weeks in a row when you know the other team has no chance to beat you, when you know you don't have to. You don't have to play at a high level to win. It's difficult to pull that off two weeks in a row. I thought the standard that K.J. was talking about right there was met pretty quickly in the first game and really wasn't met so quickly in the second game. I think Arkansas's focus will be much different on Saturday night. I think it'll be laser-like. I think Brigham Young will have their full attention, and I think whatever emotion, focus, whatever you want to call it, whatever was lacking Saturday will be there on this Saturday night. I don't worry about that. I think Arkansas will have a better game. I think they'll play better. Brigham Young better bring their game because this is still a pretty good Razorback football team. I will point out again what I said on the morning rush this morning. This is only the second time in over 20 years nearly 25, that Arkansas has started 2-0 and in back-to-back seasons. This is not a birthright. You know, it doesn't just happen every year. So let's enjoy the fact they're 2-0. and Let's go into this week with the full knowledge that they're going to have to get better. And let's see what happens against Brigham Young. I think they'll be a much better football team against the Cougars on Saturday night. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Hey, if you're buying or selling a home, Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company is the only name you need to remember. I remember when I partnered with them for the first time. I was buying a home for the first time. It seems like forever ago. I had no clue what I was doing. I thought I did, but I had no earthly idea what was going on. Fortunately, I had the good sense to partner with a real estate professional, and they did know what was going on, and they did get me from contract to close, and I did get into my first home. Now, there's been a buyer or a seller or two since then, and each time with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, it's gone exactly according to plan. If you're selling a home, if you're selling, sometimes you really need to sell. You want your realtor to have a plan to get that done. If they can't present you with a plan when you partner with them, one of two things is going on. They don't have a plan or they don't want you to hold them accountable for that plan. You're going to get both a plan and accountability when you partner with Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. That was my experience. I think it's going to be your experience as well. Fayetteville, Springdale, Bentonville, Fort Smith, Branson. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. 
I can't take the hog. Don't give me the hog tonight. <laughs> don't give me the hog tonight. Sterling's thinking with his wallet tonight. Don't give me the hog, Joe. Yeah, don't give me the hog tonight, Jack. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their prize picks projection. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. Give me the Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Got a new running back in the game. They throw it short and it's intercepted. Inside the 25. That's going to be a touchdown. Arkansas picks it off. That is Antonio Greer. First play. It's a pretty good way to start it. Yeah. Place, you know. I don't think he's still 100%, to be honest with you. But we needed him to play with Pooh being out, too, in the uh, first half. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good way to start. First play, they throw it right to you. Green grass in front of you. You score a 25-yard pick six. I don't know how you could script a better beginning if you're Antonio Greer. Pittman said something there that I think is going to be telling in terms of his overall playing time is can he defend against the run? That was an issue. I think, you know, as we move through camp with Antonio Greer, not, you know, is he a great player, great athlete, can he run, can he do a lot of things, but how is he against run? And if he continues to get better in that area, he'll have more opportunities to find himself on the field, which could very well lead to what happened Saturday. Um, He's a good player, good athlete. And they're going to get him ready, I think, to play some more as we move through this year. Overall, though, defensively, through two ball games, nobody's put it in the end zone. I thought one of the encouraging things in the fourth quarter Saturday was the fact that Arkansas had the goal line stand because it didn't mean anything. They could have given up a touchdown there and still won the game. There was never a point Saturday where Kent State was going to win that game. They could have just let him punch it in and, you know, Everybody would have griped about it, but it wouldn't have been a determining factor in who won the game. I thought that's a good sign. I think that's what you build on heading into this week. This is Sam Pittman. Defensively, we had a lot of sacks and things of that nature. They haven't scored many points on us, you know, but I was frustrated at half because we couldn't get off the field. We weren't giving up points, but the game plan was going exactly like they wanted it to go, minus scoring a lot of points. I think every one of those guys on defense are contributing to us. I mean, what would happen if we didn't have Stewart today? Obviously, you know, uh, 
Jaheim on the other side, and then you're talking about all these guys on the inside. So, well, Greer picked a pass for a touchdown. We're very fortunate. We hit pretty good for what we think. And they're going to be challenged Saturday night. Brigham Young put 41 points on the board this past Saturday night, albeit against Southern Utah. But they can throw it. They can move the ball. We saw that last year. It was a tussle out there in Provo. And, you know, BYU's a Big 12 member now. They're Power 5. They're going to come in here, and they're going to be intent on playing a good game and winning. They'll challenge the Razorbacks. Whether or not they're going to be able to get a pass rush the way they did this past weekend is going to be a real critical factor. If they do, I think they'll have some chances for some more interceptions. If they don't, it's not going to be so easy. But I I expect Arkansas to continue to play good defense. I like this defense. Now, clearly, we're going to find out more as we go along. But um, I think the signs are positive at this point. Lewis in the pocket, launching downfield. Mitchell, touchdown, Texas. Aggression and execution, 39 yards. Well, as we look at the SEC, that was the game right there. Texas dominating Alabama and winning in Tuscaloosa. That's the one everybody's talking about today. We obviously referred to it a little bit ago when we discussed the Razorback game. That's what everybody watched on Saturday night. I know that Colorado and Nebraska was a big game during the day, but, you know, Colorado dispatched them fairly easily. And so all the eyes turned to Texas and Alabama at the end of the night, and Texas was, uh, was certainly the more impressive team. Here's the bigger story, though, to me, as we focus on the Southeastern Conference in general. Is there something wrong in the SEC this year? There have been a lot of articles written even since Saturday about all this. I'm quoting from one that was in The Athletic on Sunday. Top 10 Tennessee team only scores 30 against a winless Austin P team. Tennessee had 13 points at halftime. Missouri beat Middle Tennessee 23-19. Eli Drinkwitz, first game of year four. Now, they mentioned the Razorbacks. Said the Hogs should have won by more. Kentucky beat Eastern Kentucky 28-17. And Texas A&M, of course, getting drilled down the stretch in Miami, losing 48-33. Mississippi State had to go into double overtime. To beat an Arizona team has not won more than seven games in a while. Not since Rich Rod was there. Now, Mississippi State's going through a lot of stuff right now. Wins, a wins, a win. And I still don't think anybody knows what's going on with Florida, but the early returns aren't that good. I actually thought Auburn's win at Cal was a bit more impressive than some. I know it was only by four. But, man, I'm just going to tell you, when you take a team out to the West Coast, I don't care what the sport is. When you take a team from the central time zone out to the West Coast to a place they've never been before, and you come home with a win, even if it's by one point, run to the bus, get on the plane, come home, be happy. Auburn did not set the world on fire offensively, but they got the win. But bigger picture, is there an issue in the Southeastern Conference? Time will tell, but here's the reality right now. You know, it's going to be hard for Alabama and or LSU to get into the playoff. And a lot of people before the season began thought those were the two teams that would be there along with Georgia, or at least one of them would. Both of them now are in a spot where they're going to have to run the table. They've lost their marquee non-conference games. LSU lost to Florida State. Alabama lost to Texas. 
I don't know if you can get into a four-team playoff with two losses. I doubt it very seriously when you, when you look at the landscape of college football. I don't think that's going to happen. So it may just be Georgia now. What if Georgia stumbles? Could you actually see a championship game or a playoff without an SEC team? I don't know. But I think we're, you know, st- we're staring down that barrel right now. I think Florida State's got a chance to run the table. You know, and you look at Southern Cal out in the Pac-12, they may run the table too. Ohio State and Michigan, I doubt both those teams lose twice. Wouldn't surprise me if both of them only lost once. Obviously, one of them's going to lose to the other when they play later in the season. So I'm not sure what this means for the SEC. I want the league to be strong. I want Arkansas to win and win it strong. Arkansas's got a shot now. I know people have mixed feelings coming out of what some would describe as a lackluster performance on Saturday, but I think the Razorbacks have a shot to be good. I still think that. I thought it before Western Carolina. I thought it before Kent State, and I still think it. Now we'll find out more on Saturday. If they don't win Saturday, all bets are off. But I think they will. Ram Gano, the veteran, 36 years old. Great, great through by Thomas, who blocked it. And Ikmanogany has it for Dallas. Noah Ikmanogany stays in bounds. And the Cowboys special teams gets the first score of the year. Touchdown, Dallas. We are the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? 40 to nothing over the Giants. I don't think I need to say a whole lot more than that. Those of us who enjoy Cowboys football, chess are out a little bit further today. We have visions of the mid-90s. You know, that's the last time I think the Cowboys shut somebody out, scoring 40 points or more, was in 94, back in the glory days. The Cowboys have a Super Bowl defense. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. And if they can just score enough points offensively and avoid turnovers, they've got a chance to be really good this year. You know, the Giants were a playoff team last year. They won a playoff game. Dallas went to their house in the opener and won it 40 to nothing. 40 to nothing. Now, it means nothing in the next game in terms of the score, but I think the NFL has been served notice that the Cowboys are a threat this year. Speaking of the Cowboys, speaking of the National Football League, how'd you do this weekend on the Bet Saracen app? First full weekend. You had college football. You had a full NFL slate. You got a big one tonight. Bills and the Jets. Bills are minus two and a half. Is it a comeback Monday night? Or is it the capper to a great weekend? I know whatever your story is, they're ready for you at the Bet Saracen app. Arkansas, by the way, is open as a ten and a half point favorite over BYU this Saturday at Razorback Stadium. I still can't help but believe some people who are upset about how it went Saturday had the hogs to cover. (laughs) And when they didn't cover, they were upset. I don't know that, but I suspect in some cases that's probably true. If you've not downloaded the Bet Saracen app, you need to do so. It's Arkansas's favorite sports betting app. It's Vegas, Arkansas style. If you play, you know. And if you go to it right now, there are Arkansas teams, Arkansas players, there are parlays, there's all sorts of ways to wager on your favorite sporting event. Maybe you just like to watch the game and wager in real time. You can do that tonight when the Bills play the Jets. It's all at the Bet Saracen app. They've got a how to play video. They'll get you ready to go at the Bet Saracen app. All right, we've got a lot to keep up with as we move through this week. You've got obviously the Razorbacks. 
They turn their attention now to Brigham Young. Sam Pittman will have some things to say later today, and we'll try to chronicle some of that on Wednesday. There's going to be a lot of talk around college football. I'll bet Jimbo Fisher's feeling the heat right now down at Texas A&M. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes still living on a cloud. And, um, hey, it's just great to have it back. Not just college football, the NFL in full swing now. And we're going to be paying attention to all of it as we move through the week. We'll be back around on Wednesday. Hope you'll make plans to do the same thing. Until then, thanks for listening. Subscribe to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. Go to hitthatline.com or search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.